Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is Alan K Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. Greetings, welcome in on a Tuesday morning, November 7th, 2023. It is 6.08. AM 39 degrees in the capital city as you heard heading toward a high right around 70 once again today so keeping that really nice fall weather going here in the capital city later in the week probably drop down about 10 degrees but still sunny skies no precipitation in the forecast so uh, still pretty good for this time of year, and that looks to be going into at least the beginning of next week. Got a good show for you on a Tuesday morning. Joe Jordan, News Channel Nebraska, is going to join us to talk Nebraska news and politics. We'll also have John Baylor joining us to talk Nebraska volleyball at the end of the show. That'll be at 8.35. Count down the five things you're going to be talking about today with your morning drive at 7.35. And throughout, we will be giving out keywords for Fantasy Huskers. That'll be at 6.35 and 8.10. So that's what we've got coming up today. Uh, good morning, Mark Vale. How are you doing today? Greetings, good. salutations, and howdy. And uh, Caleb Henry as well. Hello. Hello, Caleb. Uh, off uh, Nebraska basketball's opener yesterday, getting a, getting a win and looking pretty good. So we'll hear more from Caleb on that a little bit later on the show. Uh, I want to start, guys, today with uh, with a good good news story. With that, Mark had had a little bit on there in his his newscast, but that is uh, this police officer, Pierce Krause, uh, been a police officer in Lincoln for less than a year, making a water rescue at Holmes Lake on Sunday night. Which, by the way, it feels like we've had a odd, oddly high number of water rescues in the news over the last three, uh, three that year, I recall. year and a half that there have been. Quite a bit, but this uh, had a. Each of them has been a little different, and this one had some real complexity to it because there was a report of a woman asking for help in Holmes Lake. Uh, that and it turned out that had been kayaking, and the kayak dumped her out, so she was just hanging on to the kayak in Holmes Lake. And Sunday night, of course. We talked about this when we were talking about the accident that was going on at about the same time on Sunday night on A Street, not far from there. But Sunday night was the first night of daylight saving, so uh, the turn back. And so late in the afternoon to the early evening, it had already started to to get dark. And so from the way that they explained this, the police responded and they heard the cries for help. But at first, they couldn't find where she was. On the lake because it was dark out and you're you're a ways out. Obviously, it's you know she doesn't have a light or anything like that, and so it gets very difficult to find her. And so they're shining flashlights. They're trying to figure out exactly where it was. Uh, finally, a car's front lights apparently illuminated this thing so they could see where it was. And you had the uh, the new police officer uh, take his vest off, take his shoes off. Uh, take his belt off, I'm sure, all of those things, and <laughs> and uh, got in that water. Now, you remember, it was pretty nice on Sunday. The weather was, was pretty nice. That water is chilly. But, yeah, Mark, I'm assuming that water was incredibly cold when he got in that there. Um, just because it's hard. Well, I mean, look, we've been last 
week or so, it got down really cold at night under freezing multiple times. And uh, he described to media his uh, what it was, what kind of the situation was. He's, his quote was, at first you step in, it's like, ooh, that's cold. And then you get to the belly button and it just takes over your body. Uh, he had to go in about 20 yards to get to her and basically got her on uh, on top of the kayak, which is impressive. I'm not sure exactly how, how he did that, but got her on top of the kayak and then pushed it back, pushed the kayak back to shore where LFR was there, had warm blankets waiting, um, and she got medical attention there. Uh, she was okay. He went back to the station. Actually, uh, he went to the hospital and got checked out. Oh, he got checked out first? Okay, he inhaled some water. Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, Holmes Lake water. Yeah. I mean, I know it's better than it's used to be, but I still yeah. wouldn't want to be uh, w- want to be uh, putting it in my system. Nope. Do you know what I mean? Um, well, then, then he uh, get, goes back to the station, puts on some dry clothes, and finishes his shift. So, good work, and could have waited, um, you know, to have somebody who is more suited at that point just with equipment to do to a water rescue uh but decided to do it himself at this point so and then the funny thing is uh i read that his sergeant is tutron who also who is uh, who is all yes he is now he was the one who's gone into the water twice to to rescue someone in the water which uh what that was that that was that story um when the I can't remember where where that one where they were both way uh, icy conditions yeah, on that one out on uh, not Pine Lake. There was one by Wilderness Ridge. Yeah, Yankee Hill. Yeah, there was one by Fourteenth and one at Twenty Seventh. Yeah, there was one. There was one over there, and then um, yeah, there there were a couple of these, but yeah, Wilderness Ridge Golf Course near Yankee Hill Drive and Executive Woods Drive in in February, and that was when there was icy conditions. Hit a transformer, landed in the pond. Uh, again, took off his equipment, jumped into the pond to get the woman. Uh, he opened an unlocked rear door, pulled her out of the car before it sank beneath the surface. So apparently that, uh, <laughs> that, that particular, I don't know what the word is, uh, but division is, um, had a lot of opportunities to do this and done a great job at it. So good news story there. To so start you're you're the seeing morning. all, you're seeing all the health benefits of these cold water baths. I wonder if, if this yeah. Uh, you're right. I have heard of a lot of a lot of people yeah. doing the uh, not that not that I would recommend no not, it. not no not no not of that. I do, but I have heard that stuff, and I've been wondering about it. I mean, you watch, you you see all that that training stuff that they've got with the football program. When you watch those videos now, they're doing. I mean, didn't Matt Rule Caleb say that he's they've got some machine where he goes and sleeps for an hour, and somehow it gets you four hours of sleep? Yeah, something like that. Well, everybody kind of glossed over that, and I was like, wait. I want to go back to what he said about the one-hour sleep getting you four hours, like the magic sleep machine that they've got there, and I'd like to try that out. Yeah, there's there's a lot of science in what, all of what it. What is that exactly? There. Where is that? I need to... Can you rent that? Can you go rent that thing out by the hour over at Memorial Stadium? Yeah, if you're trying to find... I, I know what when they're doing the renovations of Memorial Stadium, they're trying to find ways to get it... More use than seven weekends a year, and a little extra money because we got a big project <laughs> coming up. Give up, put us in the whatever that sleep capsule, sleep capsule multiplier thing is that Matt Rule was talking about. What are we doing here, Trev? What are we doing? All t- what? I don't know. What can I get a membership to that thing? Fifty bucks a month. 
I get to come use it yeah, five I, times. I just want to use now. That sounds nice. I just want to use their their fancy ice baths. If they, if there's a, if there's a rehabilitation thing I miss from being a college athlete, it's that they had the really good in college. You have much better than just going and sitting in a tub and putting some ice in it. Man, tr- college training rooms, and you get that yeah. ice bath after a workout. So I don't think I've ever had an ice bath in my life. So good. Why, why is it so like, good? Like it there, just sounds uncomfortable. Like There would be times that I remember we'd go spend a Saturday and just play like sand volleyball all day, and I would just go, nope, I know the training room's open, and I would just go hit the ice bath for like 10, 15 minutes, and you feel so good afterwards. Really? Huh. Okay, I didn't. Know. Yeah, what else do you? What ice bath and then what? Did you go in the stem. sauna? Oh, I, I, stem the stem. Yeah, going and just hooking you up to the electricity before you go work out. Interesting. <laughs> the uh-huh. The problem though is we had one of our machines was kind of broken, which is not good. So they knew that on the broken one you had to like crank it all the way up. Well. One of the trainers didn't look that I was not hooked up to the, to the one broken that was broken one, one. <laughs> and boy, ding, I, ding, ding. I I felt that in my soul. Oh god! <laughs> oh my gosh! That I have done. I have done the, le- the, the and, and, stem and, and, therapy. And yes. there's no okay. Well, let, let's get let's get our supervisor. He just all I got out of it. Was, uh, my bad, Caleb. That's <laughs> uh, good. Let's turn that down. I was like, I think I'm good now. Uh, all right. Well, other things going on. So I'd kind of forgotten this from last legislative session, uh, but starting in the new year, guys, uh, you are going to be able to ride a motorcycle in Nebraska if you go through the protocol without a helmet. And this has been something that has been one of those stalwarts of debate in the legislature every year. I think that I've been doing this show and it's never passed. It finally passed last legislative session. So the DMV has now come out and explained the new procedure to do this. So evidently, you still have to take you have to take a motorcycle safety course before you can ride without a helmet. Um, and so people take that, then they can submit the course completion form through a portal. Um, you'll get an email confirming it, um, and you have to do that if you want to ride without a helmet, and then. If you do do that, that'll show on your record. DMV law enforcement will be able to to see that as well. Uh, if the motorcyclist is under 21, still required to wear a helmet. So you'll maybe start seeing motorcyclists driving around. I remember seeing that in Iowa, and it was so bizarre mm-hmm. the, the first few times. Just because I'm, I mean, I'm not a motorcyclist, I don't know, but it's just everyone I had ever seen was wearing a helmet, and then you would see them. Even like going down the interstate, and I'd be like, "Man, that, that. that's a choice. That's a choice." That is in your ears. Just yeah, I'd have no idea. I don't know. I'm not going to be getting on a motorcycle. I I think it's. I think I can say fairly safely that I will not be getting on a motorcycle Same. in my life. Um, yeah, I was. I was going down. It going down Old Cheney yesterday, bringing my daughter to one of her lessons. And I know sometimes you'll get this. You guys have probably seen this at some point, but it was going the other direction. This is at uh, about almost four o'clock in the afternoon, and it was one of those real speedy, small motorcycles <laughs> yeah. and going the other direction. It wasn't going that fast. Sometimes they'll be going at a ridiculous rate of speed, but then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it starts popping a wheelie right, right for about 
I mean, you got like a trick show going on over there in the other lane of Old Cheney at four in the afternoon, which, by the way, sounds like the worst place possible to have your motorcycle trick show because you got red lights and lines coming up every 30 seconds. But nonetheless, I saw that and uh, and and this made me think of that as well. So, yeah, you ever see that when you've probably seen it on the interstate, even Mark, too. Yep. Sometimes you'll just see crazy like yep. just flying and like to see it a lot in Omaha. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Omaha going down right when you're on the west side of Omaha, you, I would see it too. Crazy stuff. So. And last week when I was in Arizona, man, those motorcycles fly down there. Yeah. You know, 65 mile an hour speed limit. Everybody's doing 80 in the motorcycles. You're just like you're standing still. <laughs> Did you, uh, are you going to be getting any, uh, Mail from the uh, Arizona or wherever it is, uh, red light cams. Nope. I know they nailed, man, they nail everybody down there. They do. They, every, my, my mom used to go down there a little bit during the winter, and she was saying just, I mean, it was like every time somebody drove, you ended up getting one of those because it's so, like, if you're close at all to going through it, you end up just getting mailed a ticket. That's it. Actually, I use Waze a lot when I'm in uh, uh, traveling, yeah. and Waze now uh, has, pops up a little thing said "red light camera ahead." Oh yeah, mm. yeah, I yep. So there you go. Those are some of the things happening today. Mark, anything else I should mention? Those are the first two things that popped out of my mind today. Uh, just one uh, street closure. Well, let, let's get to two other things first. Uh, very little information coming out of that uh, death uh, last Friday afternoon up far northwest, ninety eighth and uh, West Adams. Uh, husband and wife, a brother and sister, I believe it was, in the house. And then uh, still looking for uh, that uh, Lancaster County man, uh, Tyler Goodrich. Yeah, that's right. The sheriff talked about it yesterday, yep. right? Yeah, we've uh, had some audio with Ben Houchin. So still looking for him. Just simply dropped off the grid, evidently. Wow. Uh, one other thing, uh, uh, there's a water service project at a fairly uh, important street that's got uh, part of the uh, lanes closed westbound and the eastbound turn lane on a between 9th and 10th okay so that's going to go on until next week so. okay so a little bit of a if you're in uh, west lincoln driving around there keep that in mind that'll maybe change things up for you a little bit and caleb basketball got started yesterday the women and the men both picking up wins yeah. at Pinnacle bank arena yeah it's nice to go in and they they were no doubters too yeah like like you showed up and the the women I think got the first sixteen points of the game or something. The men uh, went on a, it was a nine two run to start and then they had a seventeen to two run and it was just from there it just kind of coasted. There wasn't a whole lot of energy after a while in there. I think the time change hit some people, but also Nebraska it was a small just took, crowd wasn't it? Nebraska just took care of business. I was uh, I was listening to Kent and Jake on KLIN and. Uh, Kent, during the pregame, Kent called it a late-arriving crowd multiple times, and I started to say, Kent, I think it might just be a not-arriving yeah, crowd. At, at some point, they're just not arriving. Uh, yeah, it's just when you have a matchup like that in the uh, in the first first game on a Monday night, yeah, it can be now, a little I will like say, that. I think they're going to start getting more. Based on the, the reaction that people had to watching or listening to that game, including myself, th- th- that's going to increase. There, there increase. are a few players that people are really going to like watching them yep. play. Like, we've gotten used to now Sam Hoiberg a little bit, Kase Tomonaga, 
But there are some of these new guys fans are really going to like. Yeah, I, I was watching with my wife and daughter last night, and we were going through, and I was giving bios as far as I knew <laughs> on, because there were so many different players that, that are playing now this year that weren't playing last now, year. Now, you talk but. about the crowd, and for the men's game, yeah, a little bit light last night. But something I've really liked that they, they do with that women's game is they have the life skills camp. So they bring in uh, high schools and students from across the state. That was the second largest season opening home crowd for Nebraska women's really? basketball uh, just behind when PBA opened back okay. in 2013. When people wanted to get in there and over, see the new building. Over 7,000 there for the women's home nice. opener. That's good to see. That's very good to see. And... Yeah, I hard hard not to be excited for both teams. I know they were kind of overmatched opponents in these first games, but still the both of the teams looked the parts and you look around the country and there were some teams that didn't get it done against uh somewhat overmatched opponents uh, in yeah. a few cases. Yeah, depending on on what, uh, for the men, Michigan State, yeah, ranked pretty high losing to R- James number four, Madison. Lost at home to James and Madison. And then you're defending women's national champion number 1 LSU who's got an all-star team of right. players, including picking up players in the portal, lost to number 20 Colorado. Yeah, upset. Rutgers lost last night, men. That's uh, also right. to Princeton. Uh, and there were some other teams around the country, too. So get that W, put it in your pocket, and uh, we'll see the men on Thursday again. We'll see the women on Friday. Yep. Friday. They'll be on the road on Friday. All right, 625, we'll grab a break. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. Severe weather means interruptions. Check closings and cancellations anytime at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln and conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. But first... Fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, time for another keyword. So get those phones out and get ready to text to 402-479-1400 the following word. Scouting. Scouting. S-C-O-U-T-I-N-G. Scouting. Scouting. There you go. Text that to 402-479-1400, and of the people who do that, we will select one to make pick number three for Fantasy Huskers this week. The question you have been presented with about the Maryland matchup against Nebraska is, how long will be the longest pass completed by Nebraska 
in yards. So we're just dealing with Nebraska's pass completions. We want to know how long the longest will be. What are our picks so far, Caleb? Carla says 39 yards. Catherine says 65 yards. 65 yards. 39. All right. It could be, like we've said a couple of times here, real real variety in terms of what the actual result of this one could be. So it'll be interesting to see where people go with this. Uh, if you don't get the pick, we'll uh, give you another chance to get one today at 810 and 635 and 810 every day this week, including on Friday during the Friday Husker tailgate. So there you go. That is Fantasy Huskers. We've got Joe Jordan coming up about a half hour from right now. We will have John Baylor joining us. Today, to talk a little Nebraska volleyball, that is at 8.35 this morning, an hour away from your morning drive as well, to count down the five things you are going to be talking about today. But let's start with the sound off today. Could there be indications that perhaps a humanitarian pause is coming uh, in Israel's operations against Hamas? It sounds like the door is at least open Although it hasn't happened yet. The U.S. has been calling for it and Israel's prime minister is now suggesting he might be open to it. Benjamin Netanyahu says a little pause in the fighting might be possible to allow humanitarian aid into Gaza. For now, though, the fighting remains intense. The Israeli Defense Forces releasing footage of operations in Gaza fierce explosions turning buildings into rubble. The IDF says it's taken control of a Hamas stronghold. It's a month to the day since Hamas killed more than 1,400 people in Israel, kidnapping more than 200 others. Jonathan Savage, Fox News. All right. Um, so, and, and, and there's actually, evidently, I didn't, I didn't completely realize that a humanitarian pause is not necessarily the same thing as a ceasefire you've had you've had some people in politics in the united states and elsewhere and um the pope that have called for a ceasefire um the biden administration though the official position of the administration is actually a humanitarian pause which is not evidently the same thing as a ceasefire united nations defines a humanitarian pause as a temporary cessation of hostilities purely for humanitarian purposes usually for a defined period and specific geographic area where humanitarian activities uh, can be or are to be carried out the u.n defines a ceasefire on the other hand as a suspension of fighting agreed upon by the parties to a conflict, typically as part of a political process. Its aim is usually to allow parties to engage in dialogue, including the possibility of reaching a permanent political settlement. The latter, Israel is opposed to because it has not accomplished its stated goal yet at this point, which is to completely dismantle Hamas. Uh, But that's not necessarily what is being sought by a lot. And I think that's why you heard Netanyahu say, okay, maybe... Maybe we would look into a humanitarian pause, but we are not interested right now in a a ceasefire. So that is the latest there. Um, all right, back in the United States, a lot of a uh, lot of interest in a trial happening in New York, where uh, the Trump Organization is uh, being examined, and the former president himself yesterday 
took the stand, and it sounds like it was a pretty interesting day in court. Former President Trump took the stand in a New York courtroom to defend against accusations he committed fraud by inflating his real estate assets, dismissing the expectation that appraisals have hard objective standards, that some properties were valued for less than or more than he thought they should have been, even as he left off any added brand value. After court, he addressed reporters. Everything we did was absolutely right. To think that we're being sued and spending all this time and money and yet people being killed all over the world that this country could stop. With inflation and all of the other problems that this country has, I think it's a disgrace. While his sons, Eric and Don Jr., already testified, his daughter Ivanka takes the stand Wednesday, after which the attorney general's team will rest their case. Jessica Rosenthal, Fox News. And so during the uh, testimony, drew multiple warnings from the trial judge for veering off topic, criticizing the proceedings, uh, also uh, was defending the way he and the organization valued their properties. So this is a $250 million lawsuit filed by the New York Attorney General. What they're saying is that Trump and others intentionally inflated the value of his assets, basically to secure better financial terms. Um, Trump is denying that there's any wrongdoing. Um, it's not a jury trial, so the judge who's hearing the case, has already ruled that Trump and his company committed fraud. This is actually exploring whether specific illegal acts were committed in doing so and is going to determine exactly how the penal phase of this whole thing goes down. So that is the latest from the courtroom in New York. And uh, next we hear from uh, Trump's daughter Ivanka on this as well. Meanwhile, in the background, as we are, what, a couple of months away now, from the first of the presidential primaries, roughly, we are coming up on the next presidential debate uh, and a lot of talk about a poll that came out yesterday. Well, polls that came out in some swing states from The New York Times that look pretty good for Trump and not very good for Biden right now. D.C. a buzz over the latest poll numbers and some pundits argue that they really represent a major warning to the Biden campaign, especially considering he carried all six battleground states in 2020, but now he trails in five of them. President Trump, the former president, up 11 in Nevada, up six in Georgia, plus five in Arizona, plus five in Michigan, even plus four in Pennsylvania. President Biden currently leading in Wisconsin, but within the margin of error. And of course, for better or for worse, these are the only states that matter in this race i mean the other ones matter but there's no question about where they're going for the most part and so um you're you know your vote my vote not uh not swinging anything here between which way we go in this that's just the reality of the of the situation but yes those are the all important states you can probably even narrow it down even more than just that group uh, in terms of which ones, and probably can even narrow it down to small groups within the state in specific <laughs> districts. Which of those districts of, are going to carry that right, state? To of carry which the... you know, the, looking at the counties at a real granular level, and mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, you can focus on it's. I mean, goodness sakes, you can focus on tens of thousands of people, right? Who probably are going to be the 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 real true swing votes in this whole thing. Um, yeah, so. Uh, we do have the next debate that is uh, coming up here, and the field is now set. Uh, Doug Burgum did not did not make it, so five of them made it here. So this is going to be a smaller stage than we've seen uh, tomorrow night when they do that. Uh, Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Vivek Ramaswamy, Tim Scott, 
and Chris Christie. So Pence got out. He suspended his campaign. Burgum qualified for the last one, did not meet the polling threshold at this one. Trump is skipping it, um, and he's actually going to be doing a campaign rally at the same time. Um, and it sounds like he's going to be getting an endorsement from Sarah Huckabee Sanders at that one, too, which I assumed she would. But apparently there was a little more question about that than than we thought. But speaking of those endorsements, last night in Iowa, mm-hmm. Kim Reynolds, who is the governor of Iowa, made an endorsement in the presidential race. And it was not for Donald Trump. Who was it? Let's find out. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds endorsing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis' 2024 White House run. With your help, a year from now, Ron DeSantis will beat Joe Biden and be the next president. Counting his record in Florida and his values during a Des Moines rally. Follow Governor Reynolds' lead. Take up with our campaign. Caucus for us in January. Bring some friends. The Hawkeye State home to the first voting contest for the GOP primary. DeSantis and former U.N. Ambassador and South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley battling second place in the polls behind GOP field frontrunner, former President Trump. Kristen Goodwin, Fox News. All right, interesting. So the governor of Iowa goes for DeSantis instead of Trump. About two months out in front of those Iowa caucuses. Those are January 15th. So got about... Uh, two months and change uh, before you will go into the actual primary voting season. Not long, not not long whatsoever. And it's it's kind of crazy too because you still have you still have at least some level of talk, especially on the Democratic side, mainly on the Democratic side, about whether or not other people getting in, whether or not they're getting in, those sorts of things. And by the way, speaking of debates, this. Uh, Remember we we talked about this DeSantis Newsom debate? That's oh, yeah. that's still happening, evidently. Um they they've announced they, they announced some more details about this a few weeks ago, but it's a televised ninety minute debate. Sean Hannity's moderating it November thirtieth. So <laughs> it's so it's so bizarre. Uh but that is uh that's still a ways away. So uh, what three weeks from Thursday that that will be happening? So if you're, weird. If you're needing a debate between a presidential candidate and a non-presidential candidate, maybe and a, fu- a guy. future presidential candidate, uh, governor. Uh, all right, surprised uh, they couldn't roll out Aaron Rodgers for that. <laughs> all right, other things going on this morning. Um, a, n- a new concern in the uh, the drug control world about ketamine and. If you're not if you're not familiar with ketamine, um, which uh, I don't know a ton about it, but this is uh, usually used as an anesthetic, used medically for induction and maintenance of uh, anesthesia. Um, but it is it is something that is a concern that it's getting more and more uh, of popularity on the street. Essentially, and it's something that's being prescribed in in a decent amount of cases. Ketamine is quickly emerging as a drug of choice as doctors scale back their use of opioid painkillers. Designed as a surgical drug for both humans and animals, it is now being widely used as a psychedelic therapy. And people have unwittingly smoked marijuana laced with ketamine with severe adverse results. Clinics across the nation are prescribing it for pain, depression, and anxiety. 
Fears are that it'll become widely available on the streets and abused in the same manner as our opioids. Sue Guzman, Fox News. So apparently this was a popular psychedelic in the 90s. And it's only the FDA hasn't approved it for non-surgical use for the, you know, the purpose of the anesthesia that I was talking about. And she mentioned, but use of it off label, if prescribed, is not illegal. And so there have been a significant amount of prescriptions for this to actually treat pain, depression, other things as well. And it's interesting as you read about this a little bit, a big chunk of the prescriptions are uh, coming from telehealth companies and for-profit clinics. That in itself is actually really interesting. Mm-hmm. If How often are is there some level of, of recklessness um, or getting close to the line on prescriptions by companies like that, by telehealth, for-profit clinics, the, you know, just the, you can log on, uh, log on to the computer and either have a, have a short actual discussion with a doctor there, or maybe in some cases not even have that as well. And to be able to get these, I wonder how much of that is driving some of the issues that you've got with prescription misuse right now. But, um, this is crazy. Like the according to a report by the Epic Health Research Network, the number of patients who have a prescription, this was it last year in 2022, was 5.4 5.47 times the amount of people who had one in 2017. So, um, so the the AG the FDA has has now issued this warning against the non-surgical use of this. This off-label use can lead to risks including sedation, dissociation, psychiatric events, worsening of psychiatric disorders, high blood pressure, lower urinary tract, bladder symptoms as well. So uh, interesting there, a new new front on prescription drugs and issues that might be coming up with them as well. Uh, Pushes are still out there. To ban the app TikTok, this was looked like it was really going forward at some point. And yet a lot of states who banned it just for government, state workers as well. But a full ban is still something that oh. is being discussed. Republicans are. They say they're more determined than ever to try to ban the app after seeing the power that TikTok has to influence young Americans. In light of the Israel-Hamas war, Congressman Mike Gallagher saying China is using TikTok to push anti-American propaganda to divide Americans and destroy our country from the inside out. TikTok plays a huge part in how young Americans view current events. Most use the app as a number one way to get the news. So if they're consuming propaganda and content that is not factually accurate, that can have detrimental political consequences after reports claimed that anti-Semitism was on the rise on the app and that pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas content was surging. All right. I mean, so what is it? I mean, what is the reason? Is it because there's content on there that's disinformation misinformation or is it because of the chinese ties i mean because if it's the former (laughs) i think we can all i I mean i think we can find a lot of platforms where people think that is the case where there's a lot of disinformation and misinformation Uh out there that we would never go the same direction on with those or is it just because that's happening, and you've got the connection again to a Chinese company that says it's separate from the Chinese government, but I think a lot of people are skeptical from that as well. I think that's an interesting question in that whole thing. Uh, last but not least, so I didn't know this was a thing, Caleb, but apparently 
it is uh, somewhat popular, at least, for people to decorate their steering wheels a little bit decorate in their cars. Your steering wheel? Yeah, apparently that sounds reckless. Well, it's first of all, it won't sound as bad as I thought. Okay, but it's but it's still you shouldn't do it. Um, it's basically uh, a, a I don't know if a sticker is the right word, but an adhesive thing that goes over the middle that goes over the typically where the logo is okay. for the car. And as far as I understand it, it just kind of like bedazzles it, and it gives oh, okay. a little style and panache to your. I was your imagining wheel. like you got out the garland and like you're wrapping. That's what I thought when I heard this too, and I'm like, yeah, that that's that does sound bad, but no, but still, you might want to think about not doing this because don't forget. That's where the airbag comes from. The concern is what can happen in a crash with decals meant to embellish the permanent logo that's often at the center of a car's steering wheel. The decals are metal or plastic, often with rhinestones or other decorations, and attached to the steering wheel with an adhesive backing. Many third-party sellers offer them online, including Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, and Timu. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration warning that the force of an airbag deploying can turn the decal into a projectile, leading to serious injury or even death. Death. At least one driver lost sight in an eye after being hit with a rhinestone-covered decal. NHTSA is urging drivers not to purchase aftermarket emblems and for anyone who has one to remove it. Lisa Brady, Fox News. All right, I'm trying to find one of these here. Just shrapnel to your face. Yeah. Yes. So that, that, that's that's what's being created. You definitely do not definitely do not want to do that. So do not be putting stickers or ju- bejeweled adhesives to your steering yeah, wheel don't on, bedazzle your on top steering of the plus you know i don't want to i'm very proud as a toyota owner i don't think i want to cover up my toyota logo anyway. uh, i absolutely want that thing saying jeep in front of me <laughs> not hello kitty right all right uh that is it for your sound off today right now we got 39 degrees in the capital city on our way to a high close to 70 once again today the beautiful fall weather continues here in the capital city you're listening to lnk today with jack and friends on klin always free with no subscription required over the air online and through the app lincoln's husker radio is 1499.3 klin you're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. Glad to have you with us again on this Tuesday morning. As I said, Joe Jordan coming up here in just a little bit. That'll be at 710 this morning. We'll count down your morning drive as well at 735. The five things you're going to be talking about today. Uh, hey, go to KLIN.com. Doing the stuffing at your pockets sweepstakes there. Click on the uh, picture of the turkey with uh, flashing the cash. You can win $15,000 from $1,499.3 KLIN. So big, I thought we were just doing five. Big, big chance to win there. Uh, no, it's 15000 15, Nice. Very nice. Your chance to, uh, chance to win big. And then the other thing I want to uh, encourage you guys to do is, if you have not yet checked out Podcast House Media, we continue to add new podcasts. So this is separate from like the LNK Today with Jack and Friends podcast or the Dan Parsons Show podcast or the podcasts of our shows that are here airing on the radio. Um, these are 
completely additional content that goes along with it. And we've got a bunch of different stuff, whether you're into business issues, uh, whether you're into local issues, whether you're into some additional sports content as well. We've got a whole lot of it, uh, including the Volleyball State podcast, which Jeff and Lincoln have been, Jeff Sheldon and Lincoln uh, Arneal have been doing now for about uh, two months here and uh, been doing a great job getting you up to speed in some detail about the Nebraska volleyball team, giving their analysis as both having been beat writers for the Nebraska volleyball team as well. So if you're a uh, if you're a volleyball fan and you haven't checked that out yet, make sure and do that. And then just like I said, just check out podcasthousemedia.com uh, and you can go through and take a look at everything that we've got up there. Lincoln Business Beat from Lebo. We've got Lancaster County Sheriff's Office as the 902 podcast, which is really interesting, kind of an insight into the things that they're doing as well. Uh, uh, we've got, uh, for you runners out there, we've got Chasing Three Hours by uh, Josh Peterson. Um, we got the Grow Lincoln podcast that's there as well. So a whole lot of them that are up there. Podcasthousemedia.com. Then you can listen to them there, or you can do it in your favorite podcast app. All right. Joe Jordan coming up. News Channel Nebraska Morning Drive. Five things you're going to be talking about today. Another Fantasy Huskers password at 810. And then a little bit later in the show, John Baylor, speaking of volleyball, we'll talk to him at 8.35. It is 7 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Saver traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back on your Tuesday morning, November 7th, 2023 at 7.08. We got 38 degrees in the capital city on our way to another beautiful November day. And it's time to talk Nebraska news and politics with Joe Jordan, you can see him over at News Channel Nebraska. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm good, Jack. How about you guys? Uh, I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm just glad because we've got temperatures back in the 70s, uh, yeah. 60s, those sorts of things. I just looked at the 8 to 14 day outlook, and they've got all our whole part of the country in the above average temperatures. And I'm already after that little taste of winter that we had last week. I'm already dreading it a little bit. So yeah. this assuages my my concerns a little bit uh, about that whole thing. So that's very good. Uh, let's let's talk about some of the things in the news, Joe. Uh, I want to start with uh, something I think we probably knew was going to happen. 
um, because initial steps steps were taken. Uh, but abortion rights advocates in Nebraska confirmed last week that they are going to go ahead and launch a petition drive to put the issue on the ballot. So they filed a pa- paperwork with the Secretary of State to establish the intent, which is part of the protocol that how you've got to do that to get on the 2024 general election ballot. But the thing about it is, Joe, we don't know yet exactly what is on it. Now, I'm 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 curious. The interesting thing about this is exactly how far they want to go with this to get what they want, A, but B, to also think that they've got a chance to get it passed in the state of Nebraska. I suppose the options are, among the options, are going back to what it was before at, at 20 weeks, before it was moved up during this legislative session. I suppose there's an option for a complete, um, you know, to get rid of any restrictions that are out there, and there's probably something in, in the middle. How do you kind of see that decision coming along for the advocates for this petition? Uh, hard to hard to believe it would be a complete uh, opportunity for people to have an abortion as long as for the entire term of the of the yeah. of the, uh, of the uh, fetus uh, because I I can't I don't see Nebraskans voting for that. Uh, Agree. Yeah. Now, uh, now go back to twenty weeks. I can see certainly see that. Uh, maybe a, maybe another four or five weeks added to that as a possibility. I don't see uh, any longer than that, but uh, I do think it's going to be interesting because, on, on the face of it, you know, we, we we always hear, especially from the especially from the right. Uh, I can't remember how many times Governor Ricketts, uh, when he was governor before he became senator, how often he would during news conference or meetings or whatever talk about Nebraska being a pro-life state, as if as if everybody in the state you know, is, is pro-life, which we know is not the case, but we've, we've never been able to put a number on it. And uh, I think it would be, it would certainly, to me, it'd be very interesting to find out where Nebraska yeah. is, where Nebraskans are on that issue. Uh, some people in the face of it say, well, it's a red state, it's going to, it's, you know, it's that, that petition drive like that, they might be able to get enough names on a petition, but it's never going to pass. Well, you know, in last year, uh, just a year ago, November, uh, this time, uh, every state that put abortion on the ballot voted in favor of protecting access to abortion more so than it was before in their state. And that included Kentucky and Kansas, which are certainly Republican, at the very least Republican leaning. Kansas, is, K- Kentucky has is, is, is a Democratic governor. He's, in fact, he's up for re-election um, uh, today. Uh, and, and Kansas has had some interesting changes in the last uh Five or ten years uh, politically, but they're still they're still you know quote unquote red states for the most part, uh, and those folks those voters voted in favor of uh, more access to to abortion than, than than they had before. So I you know I don't I don't know that it's the slam dunk that some people think it might be on the right here, uh, and it'll be interesting to see. Certainly, it would be. In fact, it may if that's on the ballot. Along with and and, and medical mar- medical marijuana is on the ballot. Those two ballot issues would would be generating probably I, I don't see why not at the moment far more interest than any statewide issue uh, race in Nebraska. About, you know, <laughs> well, yeah, because you know, some of them might be uncontested. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So other other than you'll have the, you know you'll have the, the the presidency in play, and for right. the most part that's a that's enough. You know, second congressional district, Omaha area. You know, fight. Uh, the rest of the state will probably go with who the Republican is. Right. Uh, and then you'd have these two 
ballot measures, which uh, on the face of it, the, the the money behind those two issues would be incredible. I mean, TV stations wouldn't wouldn't have to go out looking for for ad money. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be pouring in the door. Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about. It. You're right, though. It it will be fascinating to see just to kind of get up because you just don't have the state polling that you've got like you do on national issues, right? And right, to see right. where Nebraskans. We have these assumptions about Nebraskans politically, but I think. I think the thing that's brought out the uniqueness of where the entire voting block is are these these petition issues in the past. And as we've talked about in the past, they've sort of it's not necessarily been, you know, straight, you know, conservative positions necessarily. It is sometimes, but it's not sometimes in some of these things. And I I just don't know. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I don't I don't feel like I've got a real strong um you know, conviction about which way it would go on, on some of these issues if it gets there. But yeah, you're right. This, I mean, just the volume, the volume of high interest items that are going to be on this ballot in 2024, obviously front and center of the presidential race, but even in this state, it's going to be, it's going to be staggering. It's going to be a lot. Taking this discussion someplace else for a second. One of the, one of the downsides of the difficulties that the newspaper industry has, uh, faced over the past several years uh, has been the the end of those statewide polls that were done by uh, by the Omaha World Herald for one uh, when they had the when they had those the deep pockets because those those polls are pretty expensive I remember when I was at KMTV we would occasionally do a, a poll uh, but but it was they were expensive to the point where where TV stations back then couldn't afford them and 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 did, so didn't do them very often. The paper would regularly have polls on on a variety of issues, often and oftentimes on head-to-head political matchups. Mm. Those things have have gone away. Yeah. The, the, the industry is, is strapped for cash in many respects, so we don't get those uh, those temperatures of yeah. where the state is on issues anymore that we used to get and this would be one i mean if if you if, if you could turn back the clock 20 years there would be an omaha world herald poll i i can't believe it wouldn't be on on abortion uh, rights in in nebraska we would know where that would stand and and and, and you will hear from groups that say well we, there is polling on it well it may be but the problem is it's usually from quote unquote one side or the other, so it's always very circumspect as to how legitimate it is. And 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 the, and the mainstream media, you know, in Nebraska doesn't usually want to produce those polls uh, because we're not sure right. how legit they are. Right. And so uh, the petition drive would be fascinating to find out. A first of all, can you get enough names? I uh, and then B if it's on the ballot. How does it end up? Yeah, and and I guess what'll be interesting on this one is just how much money is poured into this issue as well. And I suspect it'd be a lot. Um, I I would suspect on this issue it'll be quite a bit as well. But yeah, I like. I mean, you put up some of the initiatives here at this point. Whether you know, let's say they do a twenty week thing with this, the medical marijuana, uh, even the public private schools thing. I don't feel like I feel very confident in a couple of races in the house and the senate and those sorts of things picking who's going to win them i don't feel nearly as comfortable on those uh on those ballot initiatives that could and will be on the ballot in 2024 well well in addition i i in addition coming out of the school choice uh petition drive in effect anti-school choice petition drive that was out there where you had people who favor school choice on some of the same street corners kind of urging people not to sign and then there was allegations of 
it's people going too far. But putting that aside, we know that there were street corners where you had both sides represented. Yes. Some people saying, don't sign the petition, others asking for it. I don't see that, I don't see that on the medical marijuana issue, but mm-hmm. I can certainly see that on the abortion mm-hmm. issue where you would have people trying to get signatures to put the issue on the ballot for, for uh, less restrictions for abortion, and you would have uh, the quote-unquote pro-life side having people at the same street corner telling people not to sign that petition. I can see that in a heartbeat. Right. Well, in part because you're going to probably have a more well-funded opposition, at least in part for that one, but other reasons as well on yeah. this. You know, it's interesting, Joe, when you talk about like the kind of the options that they've got for uh, for this petition. As you mentioned, it could go basically go back to what they had until the spring, the 20-week man. Uh, they could also go like we said, to kind of an all-out right to abortions. I don't think they'll do that. I mean, what there are seven states that have no restrictions on abortion um, right now at this point. Uh, that's not happening in Nebraska. I mean, if you have any desire to win this thing, I don't think that's even in play here. I guess the other option is is what Ohio is voting on tonight, which is going to get a ton of attention today and tonight, yeah. a ton of attention. Uh, they've got It's called Issue 1 in Ohio. And there, it's basically a constitutional amendment in Ohio that would prohibit the government from restricting abortions prior to fetal viability, which is typically, as I understand it, considered to be six months or about 22 to 24 weeks of of gestation. So they're going to decide. We should know tomorrow what Ohio is going to do with with that and adds on a couple of weeks, I guess, to what it was prior when it was at 20 weeks. So be interesting to see what I don't I don't know how comparable Ohio is to Nebraska, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with that tonight. Well, in the political world, it's not Ohio is not as red as Nebraska, but it's still considered it for them. It's, it's, it's more red right now than it is than it is blue. Uh, you've got a you've got a Republican governor. Uh, I think one, uh, I don't think both the senators are, I think one senator is Democrat, one senator is Republican, but I could be wrong about that. But, but in the presidential races for the past, you know, two or three uh, rounds here, it's voted, it's voted Republican, uh, where it used to be sort of a swing state. Now it's kind of been taken off that table in in the national elections and has been voting Republican. So were that to come out tonight and you, and you had more right access to abortions than you had before that's going to be screamed at you uh, tomorrow morning in the news uh, because it would be a, a major uh, alteration in, this, in the political process. Because you, if you basically be seeing is you would have moderate. You, the only way that would come out that way is if you've got moderate Republicans and maybe some. I don't know how conservative, but at some point you get you have to have moderate Republicans wanting to have more access to abortion, uh, which is sort of that, you know, we always hear about that suburban mom uh, vote, and that's what that would come down to, I would think. Yeah. Well, we'll see tonight and how that kind of shapes the discussion in, in Nebraska, and we'll know eventually what the what the language is going to be on the ballot. Um, and I was I was just thinking, Joe, I was driving through the neighborhood. I mentioned this on the air, I think Monday. I was driving through the neighborhood, and I was looking around, and the fall colors were nice. And I was looking at the yards, and a lot of them looked nice. The grass is really greened up. And I was like, hey, there's no campaign signs in any of these yards. <laughs> this is about, we got about a couple more weeks where it feels like that's going to be the truth. And then it's basically all of 2024 campaign signs nonstop. So I just kind of soaked it in for a while. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's not going to last too much longer. Yeah, exactly. Hey, I wanted to get an update from you because Lincoln and Omaha have kind of, not totally, but kind of a parallel thing going on uh, in terms of 
responding to or legislating in in the wake of what the legislature did with constitutional carry and guns um there's executive orders in in both of them prohibiting guns in some city uh city owned property city owned areas and mm-hmm. omaha's i know also getting further into it with discussions on ghost guns and and bump stocks which i don't think those are down the road those are happening in lincoln here at this point yet but i'm i'm kind of curious because there have been there have been some rumblings that lawsuits are going to be coming against the city actions, the city executive orders uh, that mm-hmm. they took about some of these city area bans. I guess kind of just update us what's going on in Omaha with that issue because it sounds like it might be kind of a similar path that what eventually will happen in Lincoln as well. Well, following the uh, implementation of LB seventy seven, which makes it basically easier to carry a concealed weapon, following that, uh, Mayor Stothard issued an executive order, as you said, uh, basically uh, taking you can't bring a you can't bring a, a weapon into a city owned facility or a city owned park, uh, and even the city owned trails, you can't uh, have a, have a weapon on. So that went through the executive order. Uh, kind of went through, I don't want to say it went through quietly, but there wasn't a great deal of, d- of discussion about it. Uh, and so it was sitting there. And then the city council decided, uh, someone in the city council decided they wanted to go a step further and, uh, and outlaw uh, quote-unquote ghost guns and the bump stocks, which, of course, make it easier to turn a semi-automatic weapon into a machine gun. Uh, they wanted to outlaw those. And then they wanted to sort of, uh, they wouldn't change, they wanted to sort of, give the mayor's executive order a pat on the back. So, yeah, we support this resolution that she's, we have a resolution supporting the executive order that she put out. So then there was a hearing last week, and during that hearing, um, uh, State Senator Mike McDonald showed up and urged the council to wait uh, a couple of weeks. Don't vote just yet on this thing. He goes, I'm not sure your votes are going to change, but I would recommend you wait. And he indicated, and um, he indicated that the likelihood that the attorney general is going to be issuing an opinion here somewhere in the near future on the issue of these uh, sort of these uh, workarounds that, that, that Lincoln and Omaha are looking at. Uh, and when that happens, uh, if that happens, uh, that would – and I'm assuming – uh, for the moment, that the attorney general would say that, that, that the cities can't do what they're trying to do here, um, that that would uh, set in motion uh, some p- potential right. lawsuits uh, against uh, the cities of Lincoln and, and Omaha, depending on how right. far they go with some of these things. So I think it's I think it's right there, and the likelihood is there be there will be something heading for court more likely than not. Yeah, um, and it'll be interesting to see what the attorney general says. I mean, I can guess, but it'll be interesting to see right. what what the attorney general kind of says in an advisory opinion about the whole thing. And I guess it comes down to whether or not you know the city property is treated similarly to private property because you can still do this at private property put these these bands up but it is a different treated differently because it's city owned uh right. for that situation right. so and and essentially it'd be a de facto de facto ban would be the argument uh that they're not allowed to not allowed to do so uh will be interesting to see what happens there in those cases and i would expect to probably hear something from the attorney general not too far down the road on this all right hey good conversation joe appreciate it as always we'll check back in next tuesday have a good week all right take care jack thank you joe jordan news channel nebraska 724 take a break caleb's got sports next on klin I like the local news because it doesn't get into all these politics. Get today's top news and sports directly to your inbox. Sign up for the daily at KLIN.com. 
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, let's count them down, starting today with number five. Lincoln Police Officer Pierce Krause took the plunge on Sunday evening. Uh, actually, he did that to rescue a woman who had uh, was clinging to a kayak in Holmes Lake after it uh, uh, capsized. She was out there for about 30 minutes before he got there. LFR was on the way, but he figured he had to do something, so he got rid of his uh, duty vest and, and gun, swam out, brought her back. Um, impressive here. Lincoln Police is on a streak of impressive water rescues that they've had over the last year plus. Uh, but this one especially because they got there at Holmes Lake Right around, and of course, this happens on Sunday, the first day after we set the clocks back. So it gets dark earlier. It was you go, dark. Go out in the afternoon, and you know you're you're in the water for a half hour, and before you know it, she's probably panicking because she's realizing it's getting darker, and you're going to have fewer and fewer people that are out there at the park, and nobody's going to hear you, and nobody's going to be able to go out to get you. So they had the challenge of hearing her from what they talked about yesterday, but not being able to see where she was to actually figure out where where she was. Yeah, they, I guess some arriving officers actually uh, picked her up in the headlights of the squad car. Right, and, over by the North Shore. Yep. And, and again, and so he's thinking, yeah, look, we can't wait for a more yep. specific water rescue team to get here. Like you said, jumps in, swims out there, and he described... He was like, it was one thing when, you know, when you got your feet in the water and you felt how cold it was, but once you got past your belly button, it basically took over your entire body. Um, I can't imagine just the, the shock that happens for either the the woman who fell in and was in there for 30 minutes uh, or, you know, him getting in and then just trying to have the physical physical ability to do what he did, which he, he put her back up, as I understand it, on the, on the kayak yeah, and pushed her. her back, which... I, how he did that, I don't know how deep the water is there, um, which is an interesting question, but how he was able to do that, I'm not quite sure, but that's impressive. Uh, push her back, and they're both going to be okay. And uh, another water rescue. Yeah, he, uh, he inhaled a little water, evidently, and then uh, got checked out at the hospital, uh, changed uni- into a dry uniform, and yep. finished his shift. Yep. So, uh, a good job, and once again... Um, we recognize first responders here in, in this town and the 
the danger, the stress, everything that goes into their job. Um, I know we go out every September 11th and we go out and visit the police and the fire and express our gratitude in person. Bring some food with us as well. Um, but I, I don't think we can do it enough because I just... I can't imagine having a job, that whether it's LFR or, or police or, or, or any of these first responders or being a medic, and just you start your day and you know that you are probably going to be a thrust into either a life and death situation or a completely dangerous situation for yourself or you're going to see some things, right? Um, I can't imagine going to work every day and, and doing that and, and being able to continue to do your job and do your job well and all the impacts that it has, so... I just want to repeat that once again because I think about it a lot. And I, I know Mark, Mark said that he went back, finished his shift. That's always so impressive to me because every time they talk about these, it's always, well, they got dried off, got into got into some new clothes and finished their shift. Right. If I drink out of this water bottle and it goes down the wrong pipe, I want Mark to come finish the rest of the <laughs> show for me, okay? Like, that's always so impressive to hear them do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I would not recommend inhaling that Holmes Lake water. I mean, it's... It's better now. It used to be, I think, that water when I was in high school. I think if you put your feet in that water, they would grow scales immediately. So I think, <laughs> I think things have improved some there. But I still would not encourage anybody. Still to better on the north side than the south drinking, side. Drinking, uh, be drinking a lot of it. So there you go. <laughs> Moving on, number four. States motorcycle riders uh, now know how to submit proof of completing a motorcycle course. And that could allow them to opt out of wearing a helmet on the road. The law goes into effect at the beginning of next year. Uh, but the, the the rules just got published of what it takes to not so wear a helmet. You got to take a test. So if you want to not wear a helmet, you got to take, take a safety test, huh? Safety then, course. Or safety course. And then they basically, you, you email it into them. And then when if you would ever get pulled over and they pull up your record, they're going to have a thing that right. says... Mark is authorized to ride this hog without a without a helmet on. Basically, basically. this basically. is for riders twenty one and old. Well, yeah, you can't do it if you're uh, you're under twenty one. I mean, listen, I mean, you can you can do do it now. It's legal for me. Uh, well, I mean, you put me in a you can put me in a Iron Man suit, and I'm still not getting on a motorcycle. But that's me, though. You'd need to be in one of those complete bubble wraps. Yeah, that's that's just just me, though. But yeah, it's something that it's something that people have wanted. And and one of the things that remember they always argued, Mark, about this. One of the arguments, at least, with this over the years that it's been in the legislature for years and years and years, is that people motorcyclists would reroute around Nebraska to go to Sturgis, right? And so I wonder if this coming, what is it, August when that happens, whenever it is, if that's gonna, if that's gonna change the the routing for a lot of people that are able to go through. And I wonder how it applies also to out. If it's a, a lot about out of state people too, I wonder how that impacts it as well. Like, do you have to take the Nebraska test if you're coming from you know, wherever, well, you just Minnesota gotta have, or Illinois? Got to have a safety course. Okay. All right. Although, although if you get a, a fast enough run going up uh, Highway 81, you might be able to jump over Nebraska. <laughs> do not recommend trying that officially here at LA. If you do, make sure you first. wear a helmet. Nah, without a doubt. Number three. Copperstone Foods, of, of, uh, Foods that is, of McCook announced yesterday they're going to produce halal certified beef bacon at a plant in McCook. Uh, the plant originally housed the village pie maker, 
but that business was uh, bought by Joe Ricketts. Uh, they closed their Eustace operation back in 2020, moved it to Omaha. So now it's going to be producing halal beef bacon. Yeah, so the Nebraska Examiner had a, uh, a story on this. And so, number one, I mean, I, by the way, halal products are basically like, I think halal kind of means like a, a an allowed food in, in Islamic faith. Um, and there's obviously, as you were saying, a big enough market about for this, for beef grow- bacon, for non, for bacon that's not pork, that they're jumping into the thing, uh, thinking that it's going to be a significantly profitable business venture for them. I uh, have you ever had beef bacon, Mark, or are you familiar with it at all? I've I've heard of it. Uh, I think I had it one time, but I don't remember where. Um, I don't know that I've had it or seen it, unless I'm forgetting something. But uh, according to the Nebraska Examiner article, it's produced from beef plates, which are a less valuable cut that's usually ground into hamburger. Um, so they're gonna the beef plates will be shipped to. McCook from Halal Certified Processing Plant. Then they brine, smoke, slice, and package it in in McCook. And then they'll ship it out to uh, Chicago Crescent Foods, which is a leader in halal products. And they do that. So to, to be certified halal, they've got to be slaughtered with minimal suffering. Also cannot contain pork or intoxicants, harmful ingredients, or unsanitary elements as well. So there's also apparently a couple of meatpacking plants in Omaha that are certified halal as well which is interesting so i don't know i i mean i'd be willing to try it beef bacon sure i'm curious what the is it less is it less, less greasy less salt less salty it's lower less salty so, is it is it crispy Depends i'm fascinating about this yeah i'm fascinated i'll try some of this when they uh when they get it out there all right moving on number two husker basketball opened the 128th season with the victory last night 84-52 over Lindenwood. Uh, Caleb, I mean, again, I know it was against a team that was significantly overmatched that's 200 and something in the computer rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was just kind of, it was less about the opponent and just how the team, how Nebraska looked, how the offense ran, what these, the kind of the new look of a lot of these players are and what they can do. I mean, it was hard for me, at least, not to go away from that game. A little bit excited about this this season. Yeah, and, and Nebraska's had in the past, especially with the men's basketball program, overmatched opponents on the other side that they didn't just put away. That things got interesting late, or they ended up on the wrong end of the final score. And Nebraska even had a bunch of guys that weren't available last night. Uh, yeah. uh, Jawan Gary, Casey Tominaga, uh, Ramel Lloyd, several guys that right. are going to be contributors on this team not playing. And I, I realize Lindenwood is, is transitioning to Division yeah. One, so like it, it's a big step up for them playing in the Ohio Valley. But still, Nebraska took care of business early, put the game away, and then just coasted, coasted to the uh, end. But you got to see flashes of some of these guys, especially Josiah Alec and Rink Mass, and yeah. what, what they can do inside... What that means to actually have 
a physical presence in the paint to go grab rebounds, and they both can shoot the but ball. But they both can shoot, right. Like, yeah. It's just so nice to see what, what they can bring to the table for Fred Hoiberg. And Alec plays at an energy level a million at all times, and so he's going to... He's going to quickly become a fan favorite. Yeah, he, without he, a doubt. He's jittery. Yeah, he is. Uh, <laughs> he's fun to watch. Had a monster, monster dunk. And boy, I'll tell you what, Sam Hoiberg, he is. He's looking good right now. I thought the offense flowed best when he was in last night. And to be honest, it might have been that looked last night maybe for the first time like the offense I expected when Fred Hoiberg was hired, uh-huh. and he had to kind of go away from because of the personnel. That's what I was thinking of, was just pushing, pushing, pushing. A lot of threes, big guys who can shoot, but who are still on the floor as well. And, and not, um, not just big guys who can shoot, but big guys who can who can post. Everyone who can shoot, too. Yeah, 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 everyone who can shoot. But having the big guys that can back somebody down to where you can get some inside-out passes, because they shot really well when they threw it inside and then that ball got kicked to a right. wide-open guy. But if, if nobody doubled down, they dropped step, they laid it in, and that's without Casey Tominaga running around out yeah. there. One one quick uh, thought that I had on Sam Hoiberg last night, and it, it, some of this maybe because he played he played high school here and then he walked on to play for his dad, and I think there are still some people that are going to, well, is he a legitimate Division One player? We we saw we saw a bit of what he could do because he was absolutely necessary to be on the floor last year. Sam could have a scholarship uh, at a Division One school yeah. elsewhere. I don't think he was when he got here, but he is now. Yeah, he is, I mean, he was a, he was a walk-on. Yeah, but yeah. He, he has developed himself into a legitimate Division One player that's not just a contributor. There's going like he led the team in scoring last yeah. night. I know he had more time than some of the other guys, but there are going to be moments where he goes off for 15, 18, potentially 20 points in a big game because of the opportunities yeah. that he's given himself with the hard work. I don't know. I'm excited and I'm ready to have my heart broken. <laughs> <laughs> All in for it. Uh, they play, the team they play Thursday, uh, Florida A&M, is right around ranked in like the Ken Palm rankings, about the same as Lindenwood. So, might be might be a similar result. We'll we'll see though. Good ramp we'll everything up. Feel good about yourself. Moving on. Number one. The pandemic made drive-through uh, fast food drive-throughs more popular. The numbers are pretty. Uh, Pretty amazing when uh, drive-through traffic rose thirty percent twenty nineteen to twenty twenty two. But the other side of that, dining room traffic in the first half of this year down forty seven percent. Wow! So some some restaurants rethinking the layouts. Yeah, uh, Taco Bell saying they may not they may have locations without dining rooms. And we talked about uh, the one in Atlanta for Chick Fil A that uh, kind of a prototype. But two stories, seventy-five cars at a time, four lanes. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, this the same study said now two thirds of all fast food purchases are from drive-throughs. Which I don't know why I would be surprised by that. I mean, I probably make of my fast food purchases. I'm going to guess ninety percent are from drive-throughs. Probably. Yeah, uh, I would guess. Wouldn't you say that? To the extent I, I that the you're majority getting, of the time, if I'm going to a drive-through or if I'm going to a fast food, it would drive-through. Yeah, and absolutely. For the for the for the most part, that that seems to be the case. But yeah, you're, it's interesting, Mark, because well, you've seen it. You know who was kind of ahead of the the the, the curve on this whole thing was Amigos, right here in little old Lincoln, Nebraska. They had their drive-through only restaurants. They've had the one on 
27th and Capitol Parkway. Uh-huh. I mean, that's been there since I was in law school. Not that I would have known that the route from downtown back to my apartment at that time <laughs> went through Amigos. Uh, there was one, there was another one by that is now a Scooters over on Highway 2 and 33rd. And there's probably others as well. But that, that was open when I lived in that area too. So that's going back 20 years that they were that they were kind of going with well, there's that. A, there's a Scooters up on 84th uh, north or just south of uh, Adams that I think is driving. Yeah, over. there's a lot of coffee ones that are that are just drive through at this and point. And then the other but, trend is for drive throughs to be uh, pre-order only. Seeing yeah. a few of those. Uh, well, and that's I know that one best from Chipotle, which I still their their app is pretty slick that you you can you just go through there and you give them your name, they give you the time that it's done. You give them your name and you you go through. You but go they, through there. They but, don't take any orders. No, you can't the order. There's not a menu, there's no way you can order. Right. It's just it's a pickup lane essentially. Okay. Yeah, That's which interesting. I, I'm. It's interesting. This is the year I hadn't done it, and I know maybe a lot of you had before. I had not been like a app orderer for 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 that kind of food in the past, but now I hit I hit the Jimmy John's and the Chipotle apps quite a bit for ordering. Yeah, and I know people. I don't really go to McDonald's, but people say the McDonald's app is really good for that kind of thing too. So I don't really I don't really go to go to those, but yeah. They make it, I mean, man, they make it easy. (laughs) They make it a little too easy sometimes, to be honest. All right, that is it for your morning drive. It is brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. I'm Saver Traffic. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, greetings. Welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends. Glad to have you back with us. Hey, if you have not yet been to podcasthousemedia.com and taken a look at the menu of podcasts that we've got for you and the variety of interests you might have, now's the time to do it. Podcasthousemedia.com. We're putting together a little network of podcasts among those that you can find. Uh, Lancaster County Sheriff's Podcast, the official podcast there, Lincoln Business Beat. Uh, you got the Chambers, got Lincoln Visits and Business LNK. Uh, into sports, we got Volleyball State with Jeff Sheldon and Lincoln Arneal taking a deeper look at Nebraska Volleyball, the KLIN Husker Hour, uh, a whole lot of stuff. Uh, we've even got, if you're a professional wrestling fan, we've even got Caddy Chat with yeah, Johnny Cadillac. So Johnny Cadillac. We got, we got everything for you and we continue to add, so be checking those out. You can listen to them right there if you'd like to, or you can go into your regular podcast app if you like to listen on Apple or Spotify or Google or Pocket Cast or any of those things. You can also get to there from podcasthousemedia.com. Check them out. Find something you like. It's 8 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. 
Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. But first, your fantasy Huskers keyword for a chance at a $100 prize pack from Valentino's at Alumni Hall. All right, 810, 42 degrees in the capital city, and time for another keyword for you to text to us and in an effort to get a pick for Fantasy Huskers and get yourself all the pizza and all the gear with the weekly prize. Uh, This hour, your keyword to text to us is... Review. Review, R-E-V-I-E-W. Review. Text that in right now to 402-479-1400. You will be in the running to get the next pick, pick number four in Fantasy Huskers, and you will be asked if you get that pick, what will Nebraska's longest passing play be on Saturday? Your selections so far, the three of them are? 39-65, and then Ruth earlier today said 72. Ruth, I like it. I like where Ruth's head is at, is on this whole thing. All right, I would I would love to see that. Uh, weather shouldn't prohibit passing situations here uh, in this game as we're looking ahead at the forecast. In fact, you like what it's doing right now. Maybe you're okay with a little bit cooler. You're looking good for, it looks like, at least a week here at this point. Now, okay. we're, we're, we're going to be you know, 69, 70 today, be in the more in the mid-60s tomorrow, a little more breezy, and then you're going to settle in in the high 50s, lower 60s, after that, but still sunny skies, no precipitation for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, uh, and the 8 to 14 day outlook right now, which would take you two weeks out, uh, not quite to Thanksgiving, uh, but would get you to what the Tuesday before Thanksgiving is still got Lincoln, Nebraska, and the whole eastern portion, third of the state in the darkest color red possible in that whole thing, which means the highest likelihood of above. Uh, above average temperatures, okay. so maybe we're going to get through a big chunk of November and uh, and not get back to it being particularly cold like we saw at the end of October, which would be just fine. Well, and something to note for this week's game, besides those people that want to get a fantasy Huskers pick, if you want to watch the game and not subscribe to Peacock on Ticket Thursday, we will have a pair of tickets to that game. There you well. go. No subscription required. Totally free. We're not going to charge your credit card. <laughs> Nothing. Five ninety nine this month and every month until you cancel. I am still undecided. I mean, one way or the other, I'm going to see the game. But you're either subscribing or going. Yeah, like I'm. If it's going to be nice outside, the way that t- tickets have been kind of cheap for Husker football recently on the third party sites, I maybe I should see like. Am I still able to get, will you check it and see if I'm still able to get, like, I don't know, $10, $15 tickets? Because if so, I don't know. Maybe I'd just go. All right. Depending on depending on where I'm sitting. What what do you want? You want a pair of tickets? Uh, Sure. Are you just trying to go by yourself? No, I don't want to go by myself. I'd I'd have to find someone, which may not be that easy, believe it or not. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so depending on where you want to sit, there are a lot of tickets that are under $10 each. Under $10. 
10 and under. Probably all the way up in the north and south stadiums, I'm going to guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's generally where those are. Now, what what do you want? You want East Stadium? I'd love to get in my East Balcony. That is, the most to me, the most underrated place to watch a game in the whole stadium. I try and get there as much as possible. Okay, before that, halfway up East Stadium. Okay. Uh, so section twenty six, I believe that's about on the fifty. Yeah, row forty five. Okay. So you're not forever up there. Front and center, thirty six dollars each. Nice. That like that's not bad at all. It's it is interesting, Caleb. Um, and we were just talking about in the morning drive. Excuse me, that was on, that was on the west. If you're looking your east balcony, yeah. You can you can find them for under third. Oh, there are some as uh, as low as fourteen dollars. Yeah, that's. I mean, if I'm that's what I'm looking for right now. Uh, but but it does kind of go back a little bit to what we were talking about, and I don't know if 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 this really matches the discussion about the drive-throughs. But those numbers were crazy about how much people have shifted to eating at fast food restaurants to going to drive-throughs since the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And like, I wonder. Like, why do you think that is exactly? Like, I, I know why it happened during the pandemic, but it, did it just become habit for people? Was it that? It's not like there was some, it's not, it wasn't like grocery delivery where a lot of people weren't doing it and it wasn't as efficient as it was in the past. When the pandemic hit, it got a lot more efficient, a lot more easier to do. Yeah, and we're still but, taking advantage of that. Yeah, and, you're, you're, and, you're, and I get that, but like the drive through concept was there well before the pandemic okay. and it had, didn't it didn't totally change here's my question on that though how much so prior to 2020 if you were saying you wanted amigos runza like right. whatever it was even pizza for the most part too at, at times because they've had a lot of carry out and they've had their their carry out uh, or drive through only places as well how much were you sitting in a rest sitting in a fast food restaurant prior to 2020? See, for me, it was really only if I my kids and I just went out to eat and my my wife didn't come because she's she's uh she can't have gluten. Right. Um and so she, there are very few of them, the fast food restaurants that right. she can even at it and she doesn't really want to. So for me that was kind of a a weird thing, but I did if I just had them with me. Right. I was you know, it, it was dad night, right? It, it was so, it was so sparingly used that I was going to go inside somewhere yeah, you were, and eat. You were, so ahead of that, so what I think the overall what the pandemic did for drive-through versus dine-in type of thing at at fast foods is it just pushed that so much faster. I think less people right. were eating inside anyway, and now. You you got to that point where you couldn't for so long, and then people just went, "All right, well, this is our new thing. We're 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 not going in there as right. much." But I would contrast it more with like my childhood, like when we if if we went out, um, you know, we would go out if we went ate at a fast food restaurant, which wasn't a ton, but if we would, we would always go. I mean, mm-hmm. we rarely that I remember would like pick up drive through and bring it back home. Okay. We would go there and sit down at at the Runza or at the, you know, the Burger King or, or wherever it was. The thing that's so um, hard it for me. changed more prior to the pandemic, honestly, yeah. with just the way our families actually eat meals. The thing that's so hard for me on that, like when you compare it to being little and being like, okay, now I'm the kid in the scenario. We didn't have fast food in town. 
So, like, if we got it, it was we just picked up groceries and we went through McDonald's and, like, we're right. eating in the van on the way home. Right, right. So, like, there, there were so many more of those scenarios. Or you're in high school and you just we just played at Grand Island Central Catholic. All right, well, the bus is going to pull through. There's a couple different fast food places. You can go eat, and like if you're in there and you just eat right there, otherwise get it on the bus. But even like like pizza as a child, as a, as a kid, and I think this became less so when I became you know like an older teen. But we would go if you were getting pizza, if you were having pizza at whatever Valentino's Pizza Hut, wherever. By far, we were going and sitting down and getting it at the restaurant more often than we were ordering. I, I would say it was like eighty twenty, probably. It, that and this this would have been in you know for me in the eighties when when I was you know around eight to ten years old it was all I mean I remember being inside the Pizza Hut a whole bunch and inside that Valentino's at seventieth and 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 Van Dorn I don't remember ordering it I don't even think Valentino's had delivery I don't think then uh-huh. I think they had carry out but I don't think they had delivery at that point I'm pretty sure that's true. Um and so, like, that's interesting. And now, I don't know, 95 to 5% delivery over sitting down if you're getting pizza? Oh, 90, 10? We, we just did it the other day. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we, we get it. We definitely get it. But, man, I can't think. I'm trying to think. I guess we went, like, we went to Yaya's a month or two ago, sat mm-hmm. down, but... It's not all, but, but man. I, it, that's completely flipped in my life. But with I our, remember so much growing up, like the places that that other than so in Loop City, you could get from the bowling alley. They'd make pizza, but like unless you're sitting there bowling, like you right. go pick that up and go home with it. So anytime we would be somewhere or St. Paul uh, on our way to State Track, and, and we'd stop in like Wahoo or something, you go in like we're in Pizza Huts. Right. Like I think that ex- that whole experience right. just changed right. over the last fifteen years, pri- even prior to the pandemic. But the pandemic just got people so used to and being able to just take them not not just being able to, but that being the only thing they could do. And then they're so used to it, yeah. they haven't really reverted back. See, like I don't think that pandemic even changed it for me. I mean, I think we were I was already there. Yeah, and it probably got cemented right before the pandemic when apps and online ordering got really good mm-hmm. too. That obviously opened a different gateway as well to it because, you know, sitting on, I, we always argued in my prior to apps, we would always argue who has to call and order the pizza. Mm-hmm. It's just a pain. Like you're, you know, getting all all of the order completely right. And now, oh, just now being it's able just to like, go through whoop. the app. Yeah. Especially when, like, if it's somewhere, say it's a sandwich place, I just pull on, pull up, I go, okay, this is what I want. Hand it to my wife. Okay. Right. Yeah. What do you want? Yep. Like you don't tell me, and right. then I hope I <laughs> hit the right I button. Know, there, you no push the button. Interpersonal communication <laughs> about what you want, and so I think that's played into it too. But for eating out, I just don't. Th- but here's the other thing, and and this is where I was going with the discussion about the the football tickets. Like, I don't know. You know, I don't try not try to make too much of the crowd, the the small crowd at Devaney last night or Devaney at PBA last night. But even the prices for these football tickets now, like. I don't I think we're just less inclined to go out and do stuff now maybe than we than we used to be because the experience at home is so is so good with I, with all, all of the sporting events or movies or any you know pick your 
pick your entertainment. Yeah, event. I'd, I'd say there's there's a line. There's a line on that, and part of that comes with where the success factor is. Because because if you if you look at say Nebraska volleyball, that's like, true. That that's true. is, and you saw it with this the with, with the big story Nebraska volleyball that the, the Big Ten Network put out. If you haven't watched that. Like find a time that that's on BTN or get BTN Plus and watch it. It's phenomenal. But there was a thing that Terry Pettit said, and I think that's still true right now. One, there's the success, but it's an event. When you go there, there's all of the pregame. Obviously, there's all of the cheers. You're saying go big red. Right. They're doing Red Kingdom. But you see it on TV, and you go, I want to be in right. that environment. But they do all that for football and basketball, no, too. No, I know, but there's not the success. Yeah. Like the, so, so you add in all those things. It's one thing to go and all right. There's the tunnel walk, and we want to be do, uh, seeing the the Cornhusker, come a running boys, and all these things. Uh, we got the between third and fourth quarter for a night game. You can do all of those things. Yeah, but 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 the success helps so much more. I think you're right. You're you're definitely right on that. But I think there is something else too. Like even I just think of myself and my own. Like I have an option to go to a game. Or watch it at home, especially like on a weeknight or something. Man, I'm it's definitely not a open and shut case to go to it like it would have been at one point in my life. Well, and I think so much of that is yeah. There's the if if something is more successful, you're you're more apt to try to go to it. If it's hey, there's maybe success, or even sometimes even with volleyball, it's okay. They're hosting Iowa. All right, they've literally never lost to Iowa in the history of the sport. That environment would be fun, but I can also watch that game right. just as well at at home. Like there's so many different things you don't right. have to you don't have to go through the traffic situation, yeah. parking, concessions. Like were we that's were we less concerned about traffic and parking and getting home late on weeknights? In the past than we are now. Are we more concerned about that now for some reason? Like, legit question, because I feel like I am, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just because of an because of age or having kids, you know, when I didn't have kids before, um, or if it's something like that. But I factor those things in, I think, probably more to the whole experience than I, and then, and price, mm-hmm. obviously price as well. Well, and here, here's another part of that. Say it's for, for a football game. So this, this Saturday. You you want to go to that game, or you can subscribe and watch watch on Peacock. But for a lot of us that are not just Husker fans, we're general sports fans as well. On a college football Saturday, if you're at that game for that 11 a.m. kickoff, that's your game. Or if you're at home, you might have a couple different screens pulled up. Yeah. If the game either is going really really well or really really bad, you can just switch away to something else. Your options are. Although you're in that experience, your options are more limited yeah. by being in person yeah. because of the things we've gotten used to. Right, right, and including your own, you know, your own food and drink and everything else compared to to what you can get. I think the biggest change, honestly, I don't know that those things came from the pandemic. I think those things came from, oh. for me either going out to eat or going to events. Those came from technology mm-hmm. and from my own, you know, old age. Probably, I think the biggest thing, the pandemic thing that stuck with me is the quickness that I go to, like use video conferencing mm-hmm. as oh, an yeah. alternative for being a person. That, that was completely... I was not doing that prior to the pandemic. I, I feel uh, like I'm on a video conference once a and week. Now, now, yeah, and now I will do it. I will think... It just opened up, you know, the possibilities to using that in times that you never would have before. That, for me, is by far, I think, the biggest legacy just in changing how my everyday life goes. I think just in general, everyone checks a little bit of something 
online a little bit more over the last couple years than they did previous. Some of that is because technology was already advancing, but then that became the only way we could kind of do a lot of that was Yeah. I I when I looked for Husker football tickets prior to moving here, it was seeing if somebody on Facebook had them. Now I'm just like, "All right, what StubHub got? How do yep. I go through the 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 ticket website for the university?" Right. Yep. All those things have taken steps forward. Interesting stuff. All right, it's 825. We'll grab a break. Caleb's got to check sports coming up next on KLIN. Hear the Huskers home and away. Now streaming live on the KLIN app and at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Waking babies in the North Bottoms and then helping them ace the ACT since the 90s. It's the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, John Baylor. Which, uh, by the way, Caleb was just referencing the Big Ten Network documentary on Nebraska volleyball. And our next guest, John Baylor, was featured prominently in in that. Good morning, JB. How are you doing? Jack Attack, I'm hopeful. I have traversed Lincoln streets just doing some field research. And I believe there's a chance that Lincoln, Nebraska could be America's first city where drivers coast into red lights. We've got to get the word out to the teenagers. They still think gassing up into a red light like makes sense. Hey, hey, go, go, I'll t- we were talking about this earlier. Go to Arizona and uh, you just make it a little bit close, and you'll get a nice little ticket in the mail almost immediately. If you do what? If you if you go into a stale yellow light, if you uh, if you're speeding through at the last minute trying to beat oh. that red light, yeah, that's another good point. What I'm talking about is you see a red light in the distance. And people accelerate. <laughs> oh, I, see, I see what you mean. To hurry up to get to the red light. Yeah. Yeah. Hurry up to get to the red light. And, 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 and we got to get to the teens. But this morning, I have a lot of hope because I was coasting and no one behind me got on my rear end and got all ticked off like, like they were an ER doc running late to work. Okay. They were just like, calm. We're all going to coast. It just gives me hope. Can you imagine Lincoln, Nebraska being number one? No, into established just, red light. It sounds like utopia. It sounds too good to be true. I won't even let myself think about it. Well, yeah, OPEC and Saudi Arabia is not happy about it. They love OPEC. <laughs> That's right. It's it's on their radar right now. Definitely something that they're concerned about. What's happening right here in little old Lincoln? Yeah, the crown prince. Uh, he's not happy about it. He wants everyone accelerating right into those red lights. Good job. <laughs> The, I still believe the best is the very best is uh, similarly to that when you get when you get past and someone's obvious little little cranky that you're going the speed that you are and they yep. you know fly by you 
And then about 30 seconds later, you crawl up to them at the same red light you're both stopped at. And the net yeah. result, the net result of the, uh, of the passage was nothing. Yeah, but tr- trust me, there's a short memory on that because that same person is going to gas up off into the next one. But we, we, we're working on it. Yes. It's, uh, Darwinian. By the, by the way, uh, we were talking about that documentary. I always wonder what it's like to sit down for one of those interviews for a documentary because it sounds, I mean, they, they always have you have you, the nice lighting and they've got the nice scenery for everybody and they got you and they got Dirk and Terry Pettit and John Cook and everybody talking about that. What's sitting for one of those like? Well, they don't have a lot of fashion and makeup people, so uh, I hope you're looking okay. And, uh, you know, my hair gel budget is zero, so (laughs) I took my chances. But it was comfortable. It was fun. It was uh, cool. I was just appreciative because it it was a huge, expensive effort on the part of the Big Ten to do all that. They traveled all over the place, got all these interviews. So it just showed that the Big Ten Network appreciates, uh, you know, the, the phenomenon that is, Nebraska volleyball. That was a three, four month project. I mean, I sat down and interviewed for that two weeks before the st- three weeks before the stadium match. Oh, really? Okay, I oh, could, yeah. couldn't even tell that. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm a little older at this juncture, yeah. but don't fighting off the impact of aging. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It's a cool. I'd encourage people if they didn't see it. Uh, Find it. Uh, I don't know where you can find it right now. Probably put search for it and DVR it or something. I, I, I'm it wondering. It might be on BTN Plus. BTN. If people have that, yeah, you can probably find it there if you're if you're looking for it. But find it one way or the other because it was. I thought it was really, really good and really interesting. Told the the uh, the backstory. Man, that backstory with with Terry Pettit too, uh, JB. It was. Um, I I remember a little bit of those days, but it even went back even further than than I remembered when they were. Uh, it was interesting. He was talking about how they actually did better. They would put the games after football games, but they did better in the rare times a football team would lose because people right. people didn't want to end the day with a loss, so they would go to another game until they got a win. <laughs> there weren't many losses back in those days, so uh, that, that phenomenon didn't help uh, Husker uh, volleyball attendance that much, but that was uh, interesting. But just the humble beginnings, I was just talking to a, a gentleman who was you know at the college in the 70s. He said, yeah, yeah. The volleyball players, uh, he was, he'd be playing hoops at the rec center at the Coliseum, and uh, and then the volleyball players would come grab, you know, they'd just kind of walk across, and they'd set the nets, and, they were, you know, the other guys were shooting hoops right next to them, and they're practicing, you know, volleyball is practicing, and they go to Mabel Lee Hall, and this was, there was no reason for this to take off. Also, because they're, they're I mean, I grew up in, in Lincoln, I never heard of volleyball growing up. There's no volleyball right. in the early 70s, mid-70s, and so this started from nothing, and it just shows, you know, 45 years of compounding effort every day, going to work, working hard, putting in their best, what can result? And I think, you know, we're particularly in a state that appreciates that, that hard work, that effort, and, you know, successful outcomes. And, so, and I wanted to ask you, JB, what, like, go, Caleb, do you want to say oh, something? Oh, I was going to say, I, I, I found it. If you have Big Ten Plus okay, and you go there. on there, you can search for the big story and find Nebraska volleyballs. It's all on there for I, you. And, and, okay, that's good. So check it out there. I, you know, I heard that Rutgers had another, had a new record, too, for attendance when Nebraska played there. Penn State obviously was packed. We'll talk about those matches in a second. I continue to see uh, matches, Nebraska or not, have. Uh, have attendance records and have TV ratings records with all of uh, with all of this. I don't know what it is about this year, JB. I don't know if it got kicked off by the stadium match or if it's just being promoted in a different way, but something different's going on this year with this sport that we haven't seen yet. I think it's the stadium match because 
we learn through pictures and images and sound bites and video. We don't read a lot anymore. So an article about stadium match, that's not going to have an impact. But the video of the crowd and the, the fireworks afterwards and the players and the hugging and the people going crazy and all the little kids there, that caught the nation's attention. And this is the team. This is the team that was there. This is the team for whom all those fans gathered. And so when you're in Boston and you realize that team is going to be at Rutgers and it's a four-hour drive, you pack your club team into those buses and you go see them. There were a bunch of kids from Massachusetts, Connecticut, all over New England, and New Jersey, Pennsylvania that came to that match on a Sunday afternoon, gorgeous Sunday afternoon, by the way, and they were all indoors, and they tripled the previous attendance record. <laughs> I didn't realize that. Oh, my gosh. That's a men's basketball and women's basketball and a wrestling right. and gymnastics facility, 8,000 capacity. You can't get in there for Rutgers men's hoops because they're top 25 now, but um, they don't typically fill it for anything else. And it was, you know, 6,700 and the place seats 8,000. They were all the way back uh, to the top. They didn't see anything like it. And for example, the, the sports information folks and the ticket folks at Rutgers were contacted ahead of time like, hey, how do we get tickets? You know, where do we line up? How does it work? And like, uh, we don't sell tickets to volleyball. You just, uh, there's no, you know, like the, the, the Husker team didn't even have to give them a guest pass. They're like, uh, whoever wants to come, just just walk in. Just, uh, the doors are on the east side. Just walk, walk in. Wow. And so they did, and they were, the fans were wrapped up, or the line was wrapped, you know, a half mile back, 90 minutes before first serve. Wow. And they could, I'm just thinking the revenue they gave up, you could easily charge eight, 10 bucks a seat minimum. And the place had, you know, seven grand, so someone can run the numbers. But yeah. that was, uh, and, the, that was, that was, and that's yeah. a team that's not doing particularly hot right now either to be able to do that, which is Isn't fascinating. They've got their best Rutgers team ever, but that's not saying a whole lot. They got yeah. two wins in the conference, or two and twelve now. But they're they're building it brick by brick. Here, here's this. So as you guys talk about that, besides Memorial Stadium and Bob Devaney Sports Center for attendance records, at Kansas State, at Indiana, Michigan State, Penn State, and Rutgers, all Nebraska matches that set a Nebraska record. has matched because at Kansas State they just stop it at three thousand forty four, but on all of the others they they broke the attendance record. Wow. Michigan State is saying something because they're not having a particularly strong year. That's a huge basketball arena, and that place was three quarters full. Uh, and uh, it, it's just this. I think it's the stadium match that has drawn attention sure to the sport, but particularly to these fourteen players. Yeah, let's talk about the matches uh, last weekend and start with this Penn State one. Um, oh. man, uh, down two zero, and I always kind of have this faith that they're all, you, you know, in, in John Cook teams that they're never out of it and they're always going to come back, which I, I kind of did, but that, and, kids out. yeah, in ter- but in terms of accomplishments to come back in that atmosphere and when things went like they did and with Penn state getting their block going like they did, um, how, how impressive was that to you, even for this team? Very. And, and they, they rarely trail. After set two, I think they never did trail after set two. Uh, that just, first of all, the last third of set two was pretty much a toss up. Finally, the Huskers had, were back in gear. Same with the end of set three against Wisconsin. They had a lot of parallels, those two matches. Uh, this one was on the road, crowds going crazy, attendance record. They got standing room only at Rec Hall. I'd never seen that before. Often the end zone seats are a half full, but then in this case, they were full and people were standing all around the, the, the arena and they just, the Huskers were totally in control thereafter, but I think the very end is indicative. Finally, Penn State ties it at 13-13, yep. and the Nebraska receives serve, perfect pass, 
Perfect set. Harper Murray from the right pin. It's a really tough shot over the block and inbounds in the far corner. 14-13. Then we serve to Penn State. Bad pass. Free ball over. Set at the merit on the right. Same kind of a shot off the block and out. Anyway, when, when Penn State had their shot, when they were staring at success, they got a little wobbly. Whereas the Huskers were staring at failure against Wisconsin late in the fourth, didn't get wobbly, rose to the moment. We're down to love at Penn State. Rose went, Coach Cook has said, you know, this is perhaps unlike any team he's had. Now, Jordan has chimed in and said, well, I thought 2008 we had this as well. As well. And I, I chimed in. I said, Jordan's a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> But, I'm sure she appreciated that. <laughs> those, those, those two teams, um, you know, I'm sure the Fecky years. I mean, Michaela Fecky, yeah. you know, four Final Fours, two national titles. I mean, she never lost in November and December. I mean, she lost basically four times in four years over two months, November and December. That's, that's Michaela Fecky time. We've entered the Michaela Fecky season of the year. Yeah, I, uh, it's... It, it, I mean, it's just, just to be in that situation with, again, I know I, it's a little cliche to say, well, they're freshmen, you know, they're freshmen. But not only that, with with with, uh, with players who have not been in that situation for long, if they have been, uh, but also, you know, still kind of a, a new combination of, of players and, and everything. To have that sort of mental fortitude, that sort of mental confidence in, in each other and yourselves at that point, how they got there that quickly is is really well, impressive to me. I got two words for you, Bergen Riley. No. Uh, she sets the middle, sets the right side, does so effectively. So the defenses have no idea where the ball is coming from. She's a first-team All-American as a true freshman. And I, I think Cammie Miner, the setter at Stanford's in the conversation, but they'll choose two. I, I'm, having, I'm struggling to figure out who the third's going to be. So uh, she's probably a first-team All-American, barring a collapse at, at this point. But Merritt Beeson, yeah. whatever they did to tweak her approach, uh, at the beginning of the year, is really paying off dividends. Well, I, five straight matches and three fifty or higher. I was just, I was gonna, that was gonna be my next question, JB. Is that uh, like she's been solid? Obviously, I don't know. I think it was kind of maybe the Wisconsin match where I first noticed it that she's taken it somehow to to a little yeah. bit of a different level, and she's become. You know, I kind of thought of this team as you know, it could be one person one night, it could be you know somebody else the other night, and not as somebody who's really standing out, but. Right now, and this is not to degrade anyone else on the team, but man, it's it's Merritt, Be- Merritt Beeson's in the spotlight right now in terms of being the the star attacker on this team. Well, part of it is she's available all six rotations. Yeah. I mean, she's not only playing all six rotations; she's a threat to attack and terminate all six rotations. So uh, that's going to get her a, a ton of swings. But she's figured out how to tool the block, find the opening, find the find the you know where the, the part of the court where no players, defensive players are. She's really seeing the floor and choosing her angle as well. And then she's so poised. She has a service error late in set five against Penn State. Totally calm, approaches all the other teammates. We're okay. We're fine. It's just yeah. remarkable. You know, Becca Alec got blocked, and, and there's Merritt coming up and giving her a hug from behind, you know, after the team huddle. It just, she's special. She really is something. Yeah, the cumulative like low blood pressure of the team in all these situations is really <laughs> is really remarkable. And then and then on the Rutgers match, I don't know that I it, it looked to me like uh, a a couple of times like a Harlem Globetrotters Washington General situation out there. There were just it felt like they were they were just really making some spe- spectacular plays, getting to balls I didn't think they could get to, just having extremely extremely impressive kills that looked really powerful. It was. 
it was it was good to see them come and do that after a, another big exhausting win during a during a travel weekend for the team. And any letdown to the level of your opponent was minor. It was the beginning of set yeah. two, and and they've confined their struggles to single sets. You know, set two at Michigan State and uh, some other you know letdowns because you just can't be on your A game at all times. But it's never leaked into a second set or third set, and certainly hasn't la- lasted an entire match. And that's that's something because all the great teams. They've got a letdown, and they've got a match like, oh, boy, um, that's a black guy on the record, and you just expect it. But so far, you know, that hasn't occurred, and you got one really tough match left. I mean, all the matches are competitive, but at Wisconsin the day yeah. after Thanksgiving, when the Huskers will be a, an underdog. I, uh, yeah, and I, I want to talk about their schedule. I do want to ask you first, though, what do you think the hope is kind of for Lindsey Krause getting her back, uh, and then it, whenever that happens, uh, how do you think that looks and how they work her back in? Well, she's missed five straight matches, so she's been gone for almost three weeks, and she's still wearing a boot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know the answers. We don't really know, but, you know, we still have three weeks left in the regular season, so, um, you know, probably won't need her uh, until the weekend after Thanksgiving, and uh, then you wonder what kind of shape she's in. Right, right. But, I mean, she was hitting 366. 366 from your second outside hitter in the six matches prior to her getting hurt. I mean, that's just unheard of. You got a lethal second outside. You need two great outside hitters to compete deep into December. And Nebraska had two elite ones in Harper and Lindsay. And, you know, Ellie Baton is fabulous. She's a former national player of the year and senior year in high school. So really nice option. Uh, but offensively, Lindsay had, had never played, performed like that, at least at the college level. It was just so exciting to see. Allie's a terrific blocker. So, um, you know, they're both great players, but a player working that hard, uh, who's that impressive a person and an athlete, yeah. finally hitting her shot and right before the Wisconsin match, one versus two with the whole nation's attention, she 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 goes down in a, in just a simple little drill in practice. It just it, it hurts your soul a little bit. Right. Well, at very least, you'd love maybe if you could get her back for that first and get her working her back in in that first and second round of the NCAA tournament um, and, and then moving on. But, yeah, that's a long that's a long time having been out. Um, in terms of the schedule, I mean, nobody you know nobody wants me to look ahead. You don't want me to look at But, man, I'll tell you oh, what, it's it sets up pretty darn good, John. I mean, Northwestern, Illinois, Michigan, all at home here consecutively. And then you yeah. go to winless Iowa before Wisconsin. It it sets up well. <laughs> it sets up okay, but you can't get sleepy. You got to stay focused. This is when John Cook's motivational powers are put to the test. But he always has something. Every week there's a new theme. Every practice, you know, there's you know, got to get one point better. Got to get one percent better every day. I mean, it's too bad there's only a hundred percent. Because every day they get one percent better. I'm like, hold everything. We've been doing this for a long time. After a hundred days, you're out. Point, yeah. At some point, I remember when I was a kid, I was being asked, you know, what are you? And I'm like, well, I'm like 30% Spanish, 40% Italian, I'm 15% Indian, I'm 65%. You know, I, back then, no one knew what they all added up to. And they're all like, dang, this guy's got a lot cooking. <laughs> I'm already. I am already worried. Speaking of blood pressure, uh, I'm already worried about mine being high on Black Friday. To go from the Nebraska Iowa football game, oh. which is very meaningful to me, uh, right into like right into Nebraska Wisconsin volleyball. JB, that is. I mean, we are talking like six, seven hours consecutively of high stress. Not hope- not recommended by the cardiologist. Yep, I'm going to be on an IV. <laughs> That's good. It's- 
It's the whole family. I mean, yeah, you got you to you have your pulse checked on a regular basis. But good fun. But you're right, you got cardiologists be passing around business cards at the old UW Fieldhouse. <laughs> that place is a hostile environment. It'll be good, but you know everyone will be kind of sleepy from all the turkey. What's the whole, what's turkey give you? It gives you it gives you some tryptophan. Tryptophan, yeah, yeah, tryptophan. That deal. I don't know. Tryptophan it, it, apparently it only exists from turkey. The turkey. <laughs> you, you got okay. Let's have roast tryptophan. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> all right, JB. We'll uh, we'll be listening Wednesday night right here on KLIN versus Northwestern. Uh, that's a seven o'clock. First serve, and so we'll go on with pregame at six, and so we'll be looking uh, forward to listening to you here on KLIN. Have a good, uh, have a good match. Any sleepy fan is a trip to fan. <laughs> Jack good. Jack. That's good. Don't be one of those if you're there. Have a good one, JB. We'll talk to you later. There you go, John Baylor, voice of Nebraska volleyball. Eight fifty. We will wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIS. All right, fun show today. And fun show today. Love talking to uh, to JB. He was in rare form today. We get a pick in? Yes, we did. Let me go over to that tab. Is that it is from Julie, right and she says 47 yards. 47 yards. So 39, 47, 65, has, 72. Has our uh, secret proprietary AI been picking all females for yeah, this our, week? A, our AI thinks it's it's uh, ladies week. <laughs> all right, there you go. So, so four, far, four anyway. Picks, four ladies so far. Carla, Catherine, Ruth, and Julie. All right. Way to go, ladies. Good job. Uh, tomorrow. Come on, guys. Tomorrow, Yeah, right. Text in more. Tomorrow on the show, what chap tried Wednesday? We'll talk what chaps your hide. We will uh, give you the opportunity 24-7, just on the text line. If you want to think of something, if you think of something that is bugging you, that's driving you nuts, you want to get it out there for what chaps your hide, text it in whenever you think of it today at 42479-1400. If you'd rather go the Facebook route, I'll put up a post late this afternoon, facebook.com slash LNK today. You can also register it there, or you can wait and you can give us a call tomorrow at 710. Also, a couple more fantasy Huskers keywords scheduled to be joined by John Bishop and, uh, We'll see what else we put together for tomorrow as well. Whatever's happening in the news, we will be on top of it for you on Wednesday morning. Well, we're going to end the show today at 46 degrees in the capital city on our way today to another beautiful high temperature. High 60s, may touch 70 as well. Got another day of mid-60s tomorrow and then into the 50s, but still sunny and dry after that. We'll see you tomorrow. It's 9 o'clock on KLI and Lincoln. From the